I'm Sam, welcome to Build Time, a 10 minute journal about creating my first application. So it's been a couple of months, I've been coding Trickle, and I thought I should get down and talk a bit more about the technical side. You know, what kind of issues have I been running into and how have I tried to solve them? So like any act of creation, the app has started out basically incredibly broken. Like I have a vision in my mind, right? An idea of what I want the app to be, but there's still lots of things in the way of that vision becoming a reality, right? And we can start with the truly awful stuff, the game breaking, you know, app crashing bugs. That means that the app, the app was literally unusable. Stuff like when I rotated the screen, the app would crash. When I used the app, it would start consuming memory. It would consume gigabytes and gigabytes of RAM to the point where like the, uh, my iPad would have to kill the application because it was consuming like 30 megabytes a second, uh, just a terrible memory leak for some reason. And uh, you know, after fixing those, I was able to get the app running on my iPad. And that moment of taking your application and putting it on your device is both amazing and terrible at the same time because it shows both that your app can compete but what it has to compete against. And here's what I mean, right? The only applications on my phone and probably on your phone are applications that come either from Apple that essentially you paid hundreds of dollars for these applications and the phone or they come from these big multinational corporations, stuff like Zoom, Facebook, Twitter, big applications that have to be competently made because they're being made by teams of engineers. And it's amazing to see your app standing beside them, right? Because your application is something that people can pick up and hold and use. And that's so rare for me in computer science because everything else that I've built has been kind of a crappy little command line application, right? That I built for my CS class. And like no one wants to use a CS student's command line application, right? Only the TA is ever going to use it so they can grade the correctness of the output. And command line applications are both not very interesting and not, I mean, for most people, they're not very useful because more peop most people don't need to use a command line application. Whereas an iPhone application, that's different, right? And it shows me that if I make my app good enough, you know, it's something that I can share with people and put in their hands and have them, you know, interact with and use. And that's what I mean when I say that implementation really matters, right? It's not that my app has a bad core idea at the heart of it, right? Maybe the idea is bad to be perfectly honest, but that's not currently what is holding the app back. What's holding the app back is that it's poorly implemented and it performs badly, right? And what is going to help my app to compete against, you know, the likes of Facebook or Twitter, not that it ever will, is having it actually work properly, right? Having it not be laggy, having it not stutter. It really matters that I nail the implementation of my app so that I can assess whether the concept is any good. So how did I go about actually improving my implementation? What improvements did I make to the app? Well, that really starts with the two main tools I use. The first of which is breakpoints. Now, I was actually really surprised that SwiftUI has breakpoints because SwiftUI has a very declarative syntax. You, it's in SwiftUI, you can essentially say, look, I want an image and I want a text box beside that image. And I want the image to have some filter on it, right? And putting breakpoints in that feels kind of weird because so breakpoints are basically where you tell the app to stop, stop what you're doing, and show me your work, right? Like what is the value of any one of these variables? And you can spot in the application when the application stops running, right? Is anything wrong? Is there something in my application that is going to lead to a crash or is symptomatic of like a bug in the code? 
for example, it's a little bit like, you know, when you give someone instructions to the cinema, you say, oh, go 100 meters down the street, turn right, you should see uh, a statue. The statue is not important to them getting to the cinema, right? It's not like if they didn't see the statue, they would somehow not get to the cinema. But if they don't see the statue, either they followed the instructions wrong or your instructions were wrong, right? Like there was a bug somewhere, basically. And breakpoints are like that. And putting a breakpoint in a description is kind of weird because you don't execute a description, right? But actually, that's what exactly what SwiftUI does. And by using the breakpoints, I was able to spot a view that was being redrawn too frequently and improve the performance of my app that way. So breakpoints, really useful. The second one is the profiler. So the profiler is where Xcode basically looks at everything that your app is doing and it's able to alert you to when the app is having a lot of activity. It's undergoing high strain or high stress. And clearly that's a problem. It's a little bit like when I used to study in the library, I would see that like bang on the hour, every hour, people would flood into the courtyard and they would disappear. And eventually I realized that this was because you know, in class, uh, in college, all classes end at like 1.50, 2.50, 3.50, so that people can walk across campus and make it to their 2 p.m., 3 p.m., 4 p.m. class, right? So every hour, on the hour, a bunch of people will flood into the courtyard and then disappear. And that's essentially what the profile allows you to spot. It lets you see, hey, there was a big spike in activity here. Is that a problem? And by looking at that, I was able to see that like over the course of two minutes, my application requested like 100,000 different SwiftUI views which is way too many, right? And I was able to use one of Swift's core features, available initializer, and reduce the number of view requests by 10 times. And that really improved the application, uh, the performance of my application. So at this point, I was able to reduce my CPU usage from way over 100% down to about 85%. And I was able to increase the FPS frames per second of my app from like something awful, like eight frames a second to closer to about 30 to maybe 40 frames a second, which is much, much better. Now, the thing is that the app isn't broken anymore, but it is still bad, right? It's not good. It does not meet the level of polish that I would need to release it into the App Store, to put it beside those other big apps and have the app be able to stand tall beside them. One of the things I noticed was that when I put the app onto my iPhone, so the iPhone is an iPhone 7, it's a much lower spec device than some of the other devices on the market, but I still want my app to be able to run on it, right? It needs to be performant on relatively lower end hardware. And also because my iPhone is running iOS 13. So in theory, anyone with an iPhone 7, like me, should be able to run my application. And the app just does not work that well. Like, it kind of works. I can interact with the app in the way that I want to, but it's not performant. So when I pick up the app and I start using it, like the CPU usage is really high, like approaching 90%. And I can feel the phone starting to heat up in my hand. Like I touch the app, I rotate it a little bit. And it's like, uh-oh, uh-oh, it's getting warmer. And you know, that's just not something that an application should do. Right? Your app should not turn the user's phone into a hand warmer. So clearly there's a lot more work to do there. That just shouldn't happen. But it does kind of work. And the proof of concept is there. Like I can start to see my vision shining through in the application. So at this point, I had do have a spiral view. I was able to take you know, a week of data and show it in a nice little spiral. And I have a knob or a rotary control, so I can rotate the knob to move backwards and forwards in time and show a different week in my life. So I can step back two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. What was I doing five weeks ago? And see that in a little you know, one week long spiral. And it's really nice because I, I can start to see what I thought some of the value of my app would be. Like I was able to spot you know, that my 
bedtime has been getting later and later as we've progressed through the summer. I've been waking up later and later and more erratically, and I really need to clamp down on my sleep schedule. All of that just from looking at the application. I was able to see like trends in my weekdays and weekends, like very clearly, you know, all of my schoolwork is done Monday to Friday, and then on the weekends, I'm s I start to do different project work. And just like with the infant sleep graph that inspired it, I could see all of that intuitively in the application, which is just really nice to be able to do. And I hope that other people will value it in the same way, but clearly there's a lot more work to be done on the application. So at this point, I'm going to move into working on a different section of the application, which is where I want to have some statistics. So I want to say, oh, you averaged, you know, an 8 p.m. bedtime or you woke up at about average this time, right? All, all that kind of other stuff, like usually you start playing video games at 10 a.m. That kind of thing that I think will be able to give the user more insight and really focus on the when in time tracking. As I implement that, uh, I hope it'll go well and I hope you'll follow me with this journey. Thanks for listening.